Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. On this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Pat Roquet, a leadership and career strategist, speaker, and master networker who has been impacting my life since the minute we crossed paths. Pat began her career as a PR and communications executive and now uses these skills along with her passion for women's leadership, diversity, and inclusion to empower women to set their own paths through her company, Rock On Success. All of which is to say, welcome, Pat. Jennifer, you rock, my friend. I, I <laughs> fell in love with you the minute we met, and I'm going to tell you it was so long ago, I don't remember the moment we met anymore. Isn't that funny? I know. It, it just, like we just started friends. impacting, right? Like from, the, from like day one, impact, impact, impact. <laughs> forever friends. That's what happened. Oh, you know what? Women to Women Conference. How about that? That could be. Ah, uh, that back could be. Back in the day, right? Yeah, back in the day when we could actually like bump into someone at the coffee line and and like strike up like a whole new relationship. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, now I'm starting sad. We're going to be happy. <laughs> no, we're happy. This, you know something, if you don't learn from the bumps in the road, shame on us. Really, truly. Right. I find the blessings in all this craziness we're going through. I really, truly do. You have to. Oh, I do. Well, I completely agree. And I want, that's exactly where I'd like us to start is that, you know, we talk a lot about career transitions, but you focus on career transformations. And I think that's kind of it is that like taking these challenges and taking, finding the blessings and the like, so I wanted to kind of start us off by what's the difference in your mind for a career transformation from a career transition? Hmm. I felt that when it happened to me, I didn't have a title. I didn't have a roadmap. I didn't have a coach and no one called what I went through anything. I just know that I had been super successful at times. You know, you yeah. saw me, I think I was kind of on a, on a high part of the uh, roller coaster ride with my we hands up, up in the down. air and yes, the wind blowing through my hair. Right. <laughs> and I think yeah. I maybe had just come back from a, uh, a conference at Laguna Niguel at the Ritz and you know, oh, life wasn't yeah, yeah. bad. Then shortly thereafter, I got a phone call saying, we lost our funding. It's over. We love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Keep your laptop. We won't need it anymore. And so <laughs> life happens while you're busy making other plans. And I went from rock star making buckets of money and loving what I did and loving who I served. And you know, I'm all about loving and empowering working women, working moms, because there's a lot of, a lot built into that. And yep. sometimes we choose change. And sometimes pivots are chosen for us. And that happened to be a moment where I got the phone call and I happened to be 50 and was in the middle of a shit storm, snot crying, ugly ass meltdown. You can tell I'm from New Jersey, by the way. But <laughs> yes, it was just embarrassing crying in shop right over which mustard to choose and things like that. Long story short. I had gone from what you would think rock star kind of life. People wanted to be me. I yep. didn't have to worry about did I take vacation that? or which house would I be at? I'm not <laughs> right. saying it to sound arrogant. I'm just saying it to say I was grateful and thankful and blessed. And it, it went away. And kind of like what just happened to a lot of people now with the pandemic, right? Yeah. We were on a roll, many of us, and then it just stopped. Everything right. changed on a dime. So a transition 
to me is a bit more strategically planned from I am here and I'm transitioning to there. I stepped left and now I'm stepping right with, with thought and maybe some predisposition. And the transformation is more of an awakening that happens from the inside out. And so when I had to reinvent and rediscover and reawaken myself, I went from crying every day. I went from reapplying for the same jobs I had just lost and then getting the job offer and then saying, no, thank you. Because I kept coming, having what, you know, some people will call that come to Jesus moment, that career Mm -hmm. soul searching moment when I realized that I was making buckets of money, but I was intrinsically miserably unhappy. And I was now seeing my family less and less and less at a time when I wanted to see them more. And a lot of things felt very disconnected from my why. So the stopping, the pause, the reevaluation and saying, who am I? What do I deserve in this next chapter? Who's waiting for me? And so the reflection and that reawakening left it open to plans that were maybe even bigger than me, right? So stopping Mm -hmm. and pausing and figuring that out. And so transformation is almost like the butterfly in the cocoon and coming out as this new, better more beautiful, more resilient, more fluid version of you. Yeah. You had it in the genes all along, but sometimes it took that hunkering down and that pause to reawaken as that better next version. So a transition might be from the left to the right, but a transformation is, you know, in some respects, an extreme career makeover, if you think about it that way. Yeah. It's it's what have I rediscovered? What are the things I used to love and do way back that I realized I miss, I ache, I crave, or people thank me for stuff that, you know, pausing and stopping is important. And again, I think we run so fast. If you think back a year ago before the pandemic, what's the one thing people said, God, what I'd give for half an hour to just sit my butt on a couch and do nothing? Or God, what would I give for (laughs) having dinner with my family again? Right. I know I said those things. A lot of people did. And then we got exactly what we asked for, except we got it a hundredfold. Right, right, for sure. Right, so working mother, working women, reawakening and rediscovering, and then resetting. So now we get to choose what we want to do. It's pretty cool. Well, do you think, you know, when it happens, as someone who's been laid off multiple times, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the first time I totally cried. Like, it's amazing all the emotion that came up, you know, because you really do identify yourself with your job that you have or and you're not supposed to, and you're supposed to have whatever. Yeah, no, I I totally identified myself by that silly job. Oh my God, that job was so long ago. As it's happened in the future that you realize, oh, you guys just, this business just didn't work. Oh, I get it. So there's less fear because I know I can do it. And I guess my point I'm getting to is, I don't know if you can, if you have to let go of the fear a bit and open, give yourself some space to transform right? Because if it's, if you're like, oh my God, you know, an afternoon of sitting and pausing and putting the fear aside, you can pick up the fear later. (laughs) That's okay. You're allowed to be non-fearful for a minute. You know, and I think part of that, what you're just saying is that reflection and pause. And in one moment, it's also facing, I call it your dragon. If you stop and think for just a second, when it hits the fan and you're really stressed and things start to get ugly, maybe even snot crying ugly, where do you feel that? Is it in the pit of your stomach and you want to throw up? Is it the back of your neck? Is it you get brain fog or a migraine? Like, where do you physically take on the fear, the pain, that enormity? 
And so I get that heat on the back of my neck. It always feels like a dragon is breathing down the back of my neck. It's the words yeah. I would use. Yeah. And so I, I stopped one day and I said, you know what? I'm going to call that the dragon and I'm going to recognize when the dragon shows up and I'm going to give the dragon 15 minutes and I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen to the dragon and I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to feel like crap. And then I'm going to deep breathe and I have some exercises that I do. Some deep breathing where you take in the longest, slowest, deep inhale you can and then hold it as long as you can. Yeah. And then blow it out slowly as long as you can. And then stay it empty as long as you can. That, that four-step breath. And do it three times. And if you do that and start, you know, I always say, what number is it? Ten is horrible. Zero's gone. Where are you? And, you know, I'm usually at like a seven, eight, nine, ten that yep. prompts this. And if I do that three times, I can usually get it down from a seven or an eight or a nine down to a four or a five pretty quickly. And then right. you say to yourself, can I live with a four or five? Is that okay? Or do I need to do it one more time? And then literally can get you down to a one or a two where it's totally bearable and you can walk away with a smile on your face and just get on with your day. Yeah. And so one of my clients used to say that when self-doubt crept in, she felt like a chump. Yes. And we talked about the monkey on your back. And so she named her version of dragon is named Chomp. It's a chimp. And it shows up <laughs> because it's like, what does it look and feel like? Yeah. What does it sound like? What does it say to you? Or what do you say to yourself? And so rethinking that voice that pulls yeah. us down and weighs Loom us down. Name. <laughs> give it a name. Spend yeah. 15 minutes with it. You know, it's like dancing with the devil. You can't not see the elephant in the room. Once you hear about the pink elephant, it's there. Right. So, right. Instead of continually walking around it for the next five years, what if we give it 15 minutes and blow it away and then yeah. reset? And so that's just one small, easy thing that anyone can do when you've hit those moments of frenetic OMG, OMG. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Or the exactly. not again, or why yeah. me, or the, all the things because life happens, right? Whether it's sickness, whether it's a business yeah. setback, whether it's an unexplained detour or route like, like this whole last year. So use that 15 minutes, breathe through it and reset. And that's just one small way yeah. to kind of stop and give yourself grace. How about that? Isn't great. Yeah. Grace is my word for 2021. Nice. Yeah. I love it. it. It's a great word. It 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 encompasses a lot of emotion and action and self-care and respect for yourself. I like it. Amen. I like it. Well, so how did your transformation lead to rock on success? Oh, it's such a funny weird story. So <laughs> my father's name is Rocky. My father-in-law's name is Rocky. My favorite movie of what? all time. Best picture 1976 is what? Rocky. <laughs> I'm Italian. I'm obsessed with marble. Granite always have been. And I marry this handsome Cuban guy. What's my last name? Roque. It means rock in Spanish. Just saying. Okay. So it's always <laughs> been there. Except when I went through that meltdown I just described, I got in a really bad, dark place. And I cried every single day. And I was taking antidepressants to feel better. And I had a really negative side effect and started feeling suicidal. And one day I just said out loud, I should just throw myself off a bridge and nobody would care. Yeah. Rock freaking bottom. Truly. Uh -huh. Yeah. And at that moment, I... Oh my God. I knew it wasn't right. And I knew it wasn't me. And I knew... I saw rock bottom. I knew that was a moment and yeah. it was enough for at least to see it. Step one, mm -hmm. right? Recognize. Mm -hmm. 
you've got a problem. Yeah. And so I literally spun for a while and my best friend was watching this spiral. I had no idea how to help me because it was just a mess. You know, and the more people said, don't worry about it. Of course, the more you Yeah, did. yeah. Right. And so right, I lose my job. I went from hero to zero, from primary breadwinner to flat broke with no hope in sight, you know, how you're feeling. Yep. And she, for my 50th birthday, which was in March, dug in the snow, got 50 rocks, painted them gold, put 50 things that are special about me in this box that said 50 rocks and so do you. And literally, they said everything from bitchy and smart and funny and supportive <laughs> and generous and tall and weird and plays golf and great cheesecake <laughs> and all the things about me. And I started blogging on LinkedIn one at a time because it was cathartic for me. It made me feel better. So what does it mean to be generous? Well, guess what? If you don't ask for help, no one gets the joy of helping you either. So we all want to be givers. Like I surround myself with awesome people like yourself. We're go-givers, right? We're always yeah. out there. But we need to be okay asking for help too. And it's humble pie, but it's worth eating. So that was one. One says supportive. Don't just wait for someone to clearly articulate what they need, how they need it, when they need it, why, because usually they're not in a place they can. So part of it's being an active listener and proactive in inserting yourself. Go ahead, take the risk, insert yourself. Yeah. If you think about when, when a loved one passes, I don't know about you, but my family goes straight until making lasagna, meatballs, or some version of something <laughs> mode and shows up with a 15-pound tray of food, bread, salad, and everything you ever wanted, a bunch of bottles of wine. It's not that you asked me for dinner. It's not that you couldn't have scraped by with dinner, but the look on people's face when you have just thought ahead and showed up makes yeah. their whole day easier. I'm of multiple Celtic origins and I also show up with a lasagna. <laughs> there you go. So it started with that. And all of a sudden I started to, people started calling from all over the world, asking me to come to speak with their teams or groups to help them. And I stopped and did reflection. And I said, so why, what did I ever do to help you? Why do you thank me? Why do you love me so much? Because I need to hear it. I don't see anything yeah. anymore. I'm so blurry visioned. I just don't get it. And some folks said, you're a great speaker. And I will own the speaking part. I know how to rock a room. I always have, always yeah. will. I, yeah, I yeah. do embrace that, that I was still okay with. But they started telling me that I was the best motivator and best career coach they ever saw or ever had. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I've been fired more times than most people I know. I don't get that. <laughs> Performance improvement plan? Yes, that's me. I got it. And And they said, no, no, no. And they would stop me and say, remember when? And I realized through these reflective stories, I had been helping people transform their lives for years. I would be their agency of record launching a cancer drug and help them completely pivot and up-level their career and yeah. find a new job in their company. And you know, one person ended up being the, the leader of the year for her entire pharmaceutical company in the entire United States working mm -hmm. remotely. Yeah. No, you know, awesome. crazy, crazy yeah. wins and crazy success. But it wasn't that somebody paid me to be their coach. It was that I just was instinctively, it's what I knew how to do. Mm -hmm. I knew how to help people and empower them and get them to be able to help other people. And so that was huge because I always thought of myself as a marketer and an experiential marketer where publicist meets marketing, meets events, meets moving people forward together. Yeah. That I understood, right? That I understood. Mm -hmm. But this looking not just at a company, but looking at the eyes of the people sitting across the room from you and helping them see what, what you see inside their soul, what you see inside their potential, giving them a mirror. And here's the example. If you've ever had anyone or yourself been in a, a wedding moment, a prom moment, isn't there always somebody on that platform with all the mirrors around with the dress? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? 
<laughs> and what is the most important ingredient of the dress moment? The person standing on the pedestal, taking that deep breath and hoping they found the, the most beautiful moment of their lives and the person 20 feet behind them, helping them see if their butt looks big in the dress. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, for sure. Perspective. Perspective. Yeah. And so transformation, in my opinion, is about reflection from the inside out and then surrounding yourself with a system, a process, a framework, a roadmap where you can take what you're hearing from inside and have a roadmap to follow so that you can crawl your way back out of the bottom of that well like I did. You know, and mm-hmm. some people move want to move up, right, Jennifer? It's not just right. it's not I've lost my job only. It could be, but most, many of my clients are super successful executive professional women who are, they know they're awesome and they're ready for that next big leap up. They are ready for that yeah. quantum leap. They want more. They want the rewards and the recognition they deserve. They want a board seat. They want a C-suite. They want to go from a VP to the CEO, whatever it is. So they're looking for that elevation, that thought leadership elevation. Right. Some people may have lost their job from a furlough, let's just say, or it's just, they know it's time to move on. They've been at X, Y, and Z for X number of years, and they've tried everything. Many times they've just moved up and gotten a raise and a promotion. And then within five years, they decide, okay, I've conquered that mountain. I need to go to the next. Yeah. And some people don't know what they want to do. And so I help them get clear with career soul searching, digging from the inside out to figure all the non-negotiable priorities, the things that matter to us now and for us and for our family. Because you know, if you're working real hard and you're so separated from your why, you never get to see the people you're supposedly doing this all for, you, you got to really stop and, and sit. And if you've ever come close to dying, like I have more than once, you know, they say that, yeah. you know, the biggest disappointment is what happens with on your last day, the person you become meets the person you were supposed to be or could have been. Oy. Yeah. Yes. I, I can imagine. <laughs> that, that's deep. That is very deep. Well, I've had last rights two years ago. I tore my Achilles on a golf course. Big deal, right? And on crutches and a boot and was not fine. I was really unhappy and in a lot of pain. But, you know, in August, I was going to physical therapy one day and I didn't feel well. And I ended up in the hospital in the emergency room in the bed next to the desk where they rush all the equipment. And they're like, do you want a priest, a rabbi or a minister? And I'm cracking jokes like, uh, this sounds like a bad Polish joke, but I don't know. And he said, no, 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 seriously. And I said, why? I don't plan on dying today. They're like, well, you might. So we really want to get, where's your advanced directive? Where's your next of kin? Who should we call? Which they wouldn't let me laugh. They kept bringing me back to this. Like I might be dying right now. And these are the things we need to hear from you before you do. Wow. Yeah. 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 On a sunny August day. And my husband happened to have been an hour and a half away in an all day meeting with his phone off. Like I knew it was one of those fall yeah. off days. Yep. So I was completely alone and hearing less rights and thinking, what's left? Am I done? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't what, feel it, like it, I was if, done. Yeah. If this is it, then right. was, was it all, did I, did I do what I wanted to do? Yes. And I had an, a weird, eerie peacefulness about it, Jen. I have to tell you that was kind of cool, kind of creepy, but had a weird, eerie peacefulness. I wasn't freaked out. I kind of almost knew I wasn't done, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. And then I ended up in the hospital again in November and that was going into 2020. So I was all pumped for this fabulous 2020 was going to be my year. And then COVID hit. And then a year into COVID a couple of weeks ago, I actually got COVID after being the most careful person I ever met. Yep. So 
and I have bad lungs. So I really feared for the last year that if I got COVID, I would die. I just had this strong, scary inclination. And so I walked around in fear for an entire year in isolation, like a hermit, like everyone said to do, except I got it anyway, don't know how. So, and I lived again. So I guess I am a resilient cat. My mother says I have nine lives, but when I talk about reflection on what matters and keeping your life organized, it's it's no joke, sister. Like this is the real deal. And your moment will come someday too. And hopefully you get to the other side and walk out and laugh about it and tell your story like I'm doing now with you. But guess what? Someday we don't come back. So what matters? What do you want your legacy to be? So I guess I know you're going to ask this and we talked about it before we went on air, but here's the three things, right? Yeah. Soul searching first is mindset. What really matters, right? What makes your heart sing? What are you actually good at? What are your strengths? What are the things you do like breathing that people thank you for? So that's kind of setting what I call your career GPS, getting a sense of direction. Because if you got in your car and didn't know, you'd either sit in the driveway or you'd drive in circles and your career is the same way. So that's step one. And then step two is, okay, I know what matters and I think I know what I want. How do I do an audit of my skill set, the hard skills and the not just, I don't call them soft skills, essential skills, right? Mm. The leadership, the empathy, the ability to help others find the best in themselves. Did I save someone time, money, a shortcut, build a system, grow their team, build their pride? What are those things that I contribute? And it's not just what I did and who cares because nobody cares what I did before. They want to know how can I apply this? Right. Right. Every time you have a conversation, especially if it happens to be around career transformation, think about the person you're talking to and say, what's in it for them? So if you're listening audience, I share this because we want you to take the word I out of a lot of these conversations. I know that sounds really weird, but it's not about you. It's about the gift you bring to the company you're going to or the people you'll be serving. In other words, we're a conduit to being making the world a better place. Yeah. How do we drive impact? What are right. the things that need to happen and how can we make a difference? What's the reason people thank us? And if there's skills that need to be filled in, do you know there's things like, I found an article with a couple of hundred free or Ivy League courses you can take free. Yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah. I had a client who was in a contract project management in healthcare. She really, really, really wanted med device and clinical trials. So we got her into a Harvard class on clinical trials. Yeah, the Harvard. Yeah. And she got in for free and then she said, oh, I'm going to pay. They charge you for the certificate, which is brilliant, right? Take the class, but if you want the certificate, pay. So she did that because she really wanted to hone up just that one thing was so fascinating and something she wanted. She ended up getting a job at BD, one of the world's premier med device companies on the planet, helping with the vaccine process and everything else and loves, loves, loves her life. She didn't take the long way and go, oh, I need another master's degree or, oh, I need a second doctorate and all the crazy long tail Mm -hmm. things people do sometimes because they think it's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So mindset was one, skill set is two, right? That audit, that connecting dots from where you were to where you want to be. And then the third is tool set. And this is the part I know you love because you are a master storyteller. So <laughs> how do people introduce themselves, whether it's on Clubhouse, whether it's in a room, whether it's on a Zoom meeting, how do you identify, right? Because you said yourself, sometimes we identify in our, as our job. Yeah, right, 
our title is our identification. And it's, and so it's kind of sad when it goes away. Yeah. It's so easy to just, you know, let me present my papers to you. I am the, you know, the editorial director for X. Like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? That's not going to help you find your next gig. You know, I, it's because it, that's the gig you have. You need to right. be talking about yourself in in truly in all these things. What? How do you present your essential skills in that two minute, two second introduction? Hi, right. I do. Your future casting, right? Yes. So it's, it's the communication, the articulating your value in a context so someone knows how to think about you. And when I went through this exercise myself. I, I still didn't, I mean, they call me a leadership and career strategist, right? I'm definitely yeah. not your typical job coach by any stretch of the imagination, which is, I'm proud of. I think that's a good thing. But the thing I forgot was I have been working virtually and leading virtual teams since February, 1988. <laughs> I did my master's thesis on best practices for virtual teams in published in spring 01 before 9-11. Me nice. working remotely in necessity. Yeah. So I am literally a time stamped authority that I don't know anyone. I've not yet come across a single person besides my husband and my other cohort leader who with the three of us did our masters. It was a collaborative cohort masters mm -hmm. thesis. I'm the only person on the planet that I know of that's still actively involved in leading and supporting transformation, especially around virtual teams. So as my daughter, who's a doctor at Hopkins says, mommy, you were built for this pandemic. Everybody was yeah. just scrambling to figure it out. And you sat here calm and cool, helping individuals, helping their teams. And it was beautiful to watch because it's almost like you knew 20 years ago that this day was coming and we needed to be ready. Wow. She saw the butt that is your great intelligence. <laughs> uh, well, she, apple trees don't grow pears, my friend. She's a pretty, pretty remarkable doctor of audiology herself. And she's also working at the epicenter of the pandemic, right? She's at Hopkins. Yeah, Johns, Johns Hopkins. That's where I always look for the real numbers. So, mm -hmm. oh, that is exactly. Great. So, again, I was a virtual worker because I had a car accident, put myself through a windshield when I was 23 years old. Then when my son, my kids were born, right? My daughter was perfect. My son was perfect. And then 13 months later, he slipped in a coma, Was it, had meningitis, slipped in a coma, was supposed to be dead, deaf, crippled, blind. And I became a mom, a special needs family quarterback. Yeah. And for 11 years, we were in therapy almost every day of some sort, physical speech, occupational play therapy all the things. And now he's an Eagle Scout, a college graduate. He's the youngest news director at NBC television down here in Myrtle Beach. Ah, awesome. Right. And you'll, so, and you'll be there when he needs to transform because hello media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we were on Good Morning America. He and I and Barbara Corcoran and Robert Herjavec from Shark Tank were on Good morning, America. Yes, I did get a hug and a kiss from Michael Strahan. Nice. Thank you. Yes, you know oh, that matters. Kitty. Yeah. We love yeah. him. Anyway, and we were on an episode called Get the Job talking about helping, you know, kids coming out of school and their thoughts on how prepared they should be and do they go for their dream job or do they need to just take any job to shut up mom and dad type of stuff. And it was just really it was great. And now we still keep in touch with the with Robert and Barbara because Stephen followed Robert's advice and hung out and stuck to his guns and, and landed his, what he always wanted to do. And, you know, it's hard sometimes to follow your true North when it's not yeah. the popular vote because everyone else thinks what you should do and could do. But again, I guess they learned through osmosis and 
becoming invested in you, taking the time, taking the care and realizing that you deserve the reflection. You deserve to Mm -hmm. rediscover and pay attention because that's going to be what lights you up and what makes the days fly by and what makes you put your head on the pillow with a smile on your face, grateful for how the day went and waking up in the morning excited about the next things you're about to tackle. Like I was so pumped to be able to have this conversation with you today. This was long overdue and I'm thrilled that we're here because I can't help but imagine that there are people, someone, even if it's one person, Someone who sits there thinking, I know it's been time to change. I know things have happened that I didn't choose, but now it's my time to choose. And these are the steps I need to do to think better and more clearly to find clarity for what I want and deserve. Well, that's a good day. That is a very good day. And and, And I thank you for sharing part of your day today on The Breadwinners. Thank you for joining me. Our guest today was Pat Roquet of Rock On Success. You will find links to her Rock On Success and to other things that we talked about in the episode description today. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.